Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. This is your SmackDown study and extreme rules picks show. I am your host, as always, the man behind the Twitter of Above the Ring. My name is Scott. We we are on the precipice of something that could be truly special tonight. Extreme Rules, obviously going back to its roots, obviously with the new management in play. Every match tonight on the pay-per-view or premium live event, whatever. Every single match tonight has a stipulation that's attached to it. And any of these matches could steal the show. However, I personally feel that this return that we will be having tonight may steal the entire show. The highly anticipated White Rabbit making his debut slash return. Who knows? A lot of people speculating and, and it's screaming that it's the return of Bray Wyatt. And I, I'm I'm very hopeful that it is. Um, either that or the person that it actually ends up being, if all the Bray Wyatt things were red herrings, is is about to be the most hated man in all of sports entertainment and probably professional wrestling. Um, the nuclear go away heat is going to be worse than anything Xbox ever had in the nineties. So <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I I I haven't been this hyped up for a show. Uh, in when it comes to WWE in a long time. Uh, I looked forward to SummerSlam with Triple H taking over, but this this whole show is just looks great. The matches are gonna be great. Uh dare I say bangers after bangers after bangers. But we'll talk about those as well a little later on later on in the show. Man, I'm just excited. I, I I love I love that I can say that with with no with no falseness in my voice. Uh, when it comes to a WWE show, uh, things have just turned around, and it's been so wonderful to watch. Uh, Raw has become a show that I can't wait to watch every week. SmackDown continues to be a fantastic show. NXT is even turning around. Uh, they've, they, you know, they've dropped the 2.0 uh, thing, and they've changed, you know, the the setting of uh, the new NXT. Uh, it's just everything's just it's it's. It's just a lot of fun to be a WWE fan again. Uh, and I'm sorry if that angers, you know, fans over in AEW, but, you know, those those tribalist fans that are still out there, just enjoy wrestling. Just enjoy it. It's so much fun. It's such a great time. So we'll see how things go tonight. I will be doing a post show uh, on Sunday, uh, just recapping the show and recapping my emotions from the night um especially if bray does end up coming back um i i feel like this will be the most egregious error will be finally corrected uh since in the last few years so but that's all tomorrow that's all after the show let's go to smackdown and kick off the season premiere of friday night smackdown and of course things kicked off with the game himself triple h in the ring, welcoming the crowd to the show in Worcester, Massachusetts, one of my old hometowns. It's just, it's it's a lot of fun to see a good crowd this entire night. 
uh, on SmackDown, the crowd was on fire, which made me very proud uh, to be a former uh, Westonian or Westernite or however the hell people want to pronounce themselves from down there. But uh, Triple H kicking off everything, like I said, and three quarters of the way through his speech, he welcomes everybody to Fox and then does this really slick switch of his uh, microphone and welcomes everybody to Friday Night SmackDown. But there's a ginormous K- uh, QR code on his uh, microphone. And immediately I'm like, we are two minutes into the show, sir. And now we have a QR code again. And this QR code was yet again another clue for the White Rabbit. It was just random pictures of a pig just saying, let me in. And of course, when that happened, my excitement went even higher through the, through the roof because obviously everybody knows the whole let me in thing is definitely a fiend reference. And even throughout this video, we saw Huskis and we haven't seen him in quite a while. So again, just more fuel to the fire. And I'm telling you, if these are more red herrings, I'm, I'm there's going to be emotions. <laughs> um, so I'm really, I, I try so hard to hold my, my hopes at a reasonable level because you don't want to get overly excited about things and then have it not happen. And then things just go to shit. Um, but I can't help myself. I, I, I'm, I'm so excited for the show tonight. Uh, and I'm, I'm truly hoping I don't even care where this white rabbit thing happens. It's for me, I believe personally will steal the show for me, but we'll see. We'll see. So after that, we had our face to face for crown jewel between Logan Paul and the bloodline, obviously more specifically Roman Reigns. And it was the normal back and forth between everything. Roman making sure that everybody in Worcester acknowledged him, which obviously we all did because we all acknowledge our tribal chief. But I have to say, Logan Paul did a beautiful job in this promo, uh, sowing some dissent in the bloodline because he questioned whether Roman was actually the tribal chief or if Jey Uso was the tribal chief. This causing Roman to do an about face onto Jay and just stare him down. And Jay just off looking to the side, remembering the trauma of the Thunderdome era where Roman and him went to war before Jimmy returned. And the storytelling is so deep with the bloodline. I love this so much. Like, Seriously, the Bloodline storyline, obviously outside of the White Rabbit stuff, is the best thing that's been going on in WWE for years. And it just keeps getting better. And, of course, you add Sami Zayn to the mix. And Sami, I I swear, I feel like he's on this road to crack everybody. And he's gotten everybody except Jay. (laughs) He does this beautiful promo attack at, at Logan Paul, telling him how Logan... Uh, is the biggest number two in all the world because obviously with the catchphrase you the twos we the ones with the bloodline and the way he delivered it logan is looking at sammy looks over at roman who roman had to turn around again because he was dying trying to contain his composure and Logan starts to laugh. He has to turn away and Sammy just keep he just keeps going like he's just talking normal and it was it was one of the funniest moments 
uh, on this show. Sammy has just been such gold. He's performing at a different level. And it's I'm so happy that him and KO obviously resigned and stayed at the company. And look at the stuff that they've been doing recently. It, it, it's such a boon for WWE to keep both of them. And now in this new era, they're both going to just continue to rise. And I, I, I don't know how this is going to all unfold when, especially when it comes to Sammy, because a little later on in the show, it's known that Jay Uso is a hothead, obviously, because he's, he's been furious at everything and everybody since the whole thing with Roman and Roman's like, you've been like this our entire life and I'm tired of it. I'm done with it. So Sammy, this is now your problem. So that just compounds the issues that Jay and Sammy have with one another. Now, Sammy essentially is the new right-hand man, replacing Jay Uso. And obviously, Jay, not happy about that. Jimmy wasn't too too happy about it either, but it is what it is. This will make for even more compelling television. And I'm, I'm yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I don't know eventually at the very end who's going to turn on who at this point. Maybe it's going to be Sammy. Maybe KO's going to get in his ear and be like, listen, what are you doing? Sammy will tell his grand plan to to KO, and then they'll challenge the Usos, eventually maybe take the titles. Because at this point, the Usos are definitely going to steamroll through everybody. They're going to eventually take the record away from the New Day, which is at uh, 483 days. The Usos still have a little bit to go, but once they get that, then I feel like that's the time for Sammy to strike. Um. I don't want that honestly to happen at anytime soon because they've been doing such great work together. Uh, but eventually, I feel like that's the perfect way to go. Um, if they turn on Sammy, then obviously he can go to KO, and then KO still thinks that Roman owes him. So uh, you never know. Could be interesting. I, I'm just, yeah, it's it's great compelling television. And I love that it makes me think about what possibly could happen at the end of it instead of just being like, oh, this is going to eventually happen. And then it does. Now I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. And that makes me even more of a fan of this whole thing. So, but in-ring competition kicked right off after this uh, opening segment. We had uh, Sola Sequoia with, actually by himself. He didn't have anybody with with him. Uh, The rest of the bloodline went back to the back took on and defeated Ricochet in a really good match. I do like that they keep using Ricochet uh, more and more, showcasing his talents, even if it's in a losing effort. It's still, it's really nice to see him, you know, get some good TV time. We were supposed to have a tag team match involving Hit Row, and they didn't get a chance to announce the team that was going to face them because we had ourselves a main roster debut and a return at the same time. Legato del Fantasma has arrived on SmackDown, but the package changed a little. Electra Lopez no longer with the group currently. They are now headed up by Zelina Vega, making her return after she's been cleared. So they all attacked Hit Row, left them laying, but this also brings back the Hit Row Legato feud from NXT. Obviously, we're missing Swerve, but you know it is what it is. I like the fact that they've put Zelina in. I, I, I love Electra Lopez. Let's let's also just put that out there. But she lacked a little bit of the vocal charisma that Zelina Vega has. And this is not a slight at her. It's just something she just needs to continue to develop. I hope 
that she either debuts on SmackDown at some other point, maybe still has some type of connection to the group. And if not, that's okay. She can go off and do her own things. Maybe she shows up on Raw. I don't expect her to go back to NXT, especially with everything going on with with Tony D and, you know, with that. But I expect her to still be around somewhere. I just don't know where. But going back to Vega and Legato, this is a good fit. I really feel like she can be the vocal point. I mean, obviously, Santos can do that as well, but it's nice to have Zelina Vega back on our TV screens. We then had women's tag action next as Raquel Rodriguez and Shotzi took on and defeated Sonya Deville and Zaya Lee. Again, it's nice to see Sonya and Zaya on television taking some L's right now. That's okay. Their time will come. Uh, and I, especially for Sonya, I feel like Sonya could really explode here at some point. Uh, and become a legitimate threat for a women's title. Uh, Shotzi, obviously, getting her tank back was a great thing. She just needs her last name back, and then she can continue to grow. Raquel is Raquel, and there's no stopping her at some point whenever she decides to fully get you know, going. So it'll be a lot of fun as well. We then had another attack as Karrion Cross made his entrance to the ring with Scarlet. I'm telling you, their entrance is one of my absolute favorite things in NXT and everything else, regardless of what Adam Cole said way back when in NXT. Uh, it's just amazing. But as they're doing their entrance in the ring, Drew does his beautiful elevator up move where he kind of comes back into the camera focus. He did it to the Undertaker way back when I believe it was during the Rumble. Um, I could be wrong with that, but still, he comes up out of nowhere, and then all of a sudden, he just attacks Karrion with the strap. He puts the strap on, and they start beating the ever-living snot out of one another, and man, that match is going to be a lot of fun to watch, too. Um, I'll make all my picks for the show at the very end of this podcast, um, but man, I'm just, I'm so jazzed for this show. I can't wait. I can't wait. We then had an altercation in the back with Sammy and the Usos um, being antagonized by the New Day uh, for everything going on with Sammy and the bloodline and, and Xavier just taking shots and so is Kofi and uh, Sammy had enough. He's like, fine. So you find yourself a partner and we'll have a six man tag and we'll fight this out in the ring. New Day is like, all right, fine, we'll we'll go. Uh, so we had that match next, uh, and unfortunately, the sixth man was Braun. <laughs> so Braun Strowman and the New Day handled the bloodline. A lot of fun. Xavier actually pins, I believe it was Jimmy Uso. So New Day has pinned the tag champs. So we may be running this back, and I'm completely okay with that. We then had one more white rabbit video tease an actual video this time showing the white rabbit kind of hopping through like this burnt up forest comes to a purple x obviously talking about extreme rules tonight he scratches down falls through the rabbit hole there's fire that comes flying up you hear pigs squealing which obviously reminds me of huskis again and then we see feed your head in like five different languages and talks about how it's supposed to be tomorrow night meeting extremals tonight. So this is the most glaring thing. We also apparently had this white rabbit that was walking through the crowd. It appeared behind 
uh, the commentary table, which is now Michael Cole and Wade Barrett, who I thought did a masterful job during this whole show. I really am going to enjoy this. I still love Pat McAfee, obviously, but he's doing college game day for the football season, so God bless him. He'll be back after that's done, and I would love to see him and Wade go at it back and forth on the mic. Hell, I'd love to even see them in the ring together. I think that'd be great, too. But that's then. This new commentary uh, team is going to be great. Everyone, uh, Raw, SmackDown, and NXT all have two new, uh, I have two commentators. No more three-man booths. They're all gone for now. I'm all for that. Thank God. So, the main event of this show was a banger. After a banger. After a banger. Gunther, Sheamus, the icy title on the line. Beautiful match. And we even had some controversy, which they did it in a brilliant way. Sheamus had Gunther in the Texas Cloverleaf. And Gunther was maybe a little more than an arm's arm's length away from the ropes. And Sheamus has this move in good. And Jessica Carr, who's the the referee for the match, was staring at at Gunther, looking to see if he's going to tap. Gunther, as he's reaching, does what people have been calling the Brazilian tap, which he taps twice, which apparently there's an unwritten rule that three taps is a tap out. It just added such intrigue. The crowd started to explode because they thought Sheamus had won the Intercontinental Championship, the only major championship he has not won, which would make him a Grand Slam champion. So he does the Brazilian tap out, and then he eventually reaches the rope. Sheamus thinks he's won the title. Jessica Carr waving everything off, saying, no, he only he, you know, he did it twice. He grabbed the rope. It is not a tap out. This crowd went bananas, cocoa bananas, as Johnny Gargano would say. It was just insanity. Uh, I was I'm watching this. I'm like, wait, did he just tap? Like he wait. Then I looked up the you know, there's no actual rule for this. But apparently in martial arts. Uh, and those type of fightings, it's three taps for a tap out, not two. So it is what it is. Obviously, this just means we're going to have ourselves another match. I sincerely hope they continue this into Extreme Rules tonight. Oh, man. Well, they have their old-fashioned Donnybrook match. When it's the, the whole Brawling Brutes and Imperium, it's 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 going to be mayhem. It's going to be Bedlam, even. <laughs> but Gunther eventually gets the win and retains his title with the help of a shillelagh. So clearly, uh, Gunther knows that he needs some help to put Sheamus down uh, this second go around. Obviously, match number three, when it happens eventually, I hope is an actual uh, another premium live event. It's going to be good stuff. So SmackDown ends on that controversy. Going to lead right into the show for Extreme Rules. I f- believe that the good old-fashioned Donnerbrook match is actually the first match on the card. It's during the pre-show, at, I believe, which starts at 7 p.m. Eastern. Woo! Six matches on this card, all of them with steps. It's going to be great. So let's go through them, and let us uh, I'll make our my picks for it. So obviously, like I said, the Brawling Brutes and Imperium with that six-man tag old-fashioned uh, Donnybrook match, which is not going to be a tag match. It's going to be a brawl. It's going to be glorious to watch and one way to set the table for this show. I feel like the Brawling Brutes are going to get the win here. Uh, I feel like, especially after what had happened on SmackDown, uh, obviously Gunther will not be the one that gets pinned or submitted. Uh, It's going to be one of the other Imperium boys, which is fine. Um, It's going to be, man, it's going to be great. And it's just going to continue that feud on and we, we move off. 
Another match, Edge, Finn Balor, an I quit match. I hate to say it. I hate to say it, but I think Finn's going to say I quit. I I feel like this will will continue to dethrone the momentum that the Judgment Day is trying to build. I would love for Edge to be the one to I quit, but I don't see why that would help him at all. Uh, so I think, unfortunately, Baylor uh, will be the one to do it. Um, the next match is the strap match between Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross. As much as I would be satisfied by Drew winning, I feel like this would help Karrion Cross significantly more if Cross gets the win here. So I, I'm picking Cross on this one. The next one is, for me, I think my most anticipated match of the whole night. Uh, it's Matt Riddle, Seth Frickin' Rollins inside the fight pit with the special guest referee, Daniel Cormier, one of the legends of UFC. Um, I'm picking Riddle to win this. Seth has just been dominating a lot of this feud, uh, but I feel like it's time now for Riddle to get his due and get his win, close this whole feud, and they can both move on. The next match is for the Raw Women's Championship. Bianca Bianca Belair, I can't speak, uh, taking on Bayley in the first ever women's ladder match for a title, which still boggles my mind that it's taken until 2022 to get this actually to happen. Uh, I feel like this is a great, going to be a great match. Could even be the main event. Uh, I'm picking Bayley to win this, uh, to to complete the power uh, and the actual control for damage control. Uh, and then your SmackDown Women's Championship, Liv Morgan taking on Ronda Rousey in a classic Extreme Rules match. I feel like this match could even be the opener. I feel like the women are going to uh, are gonna have both sides here. They're going to have the opener, and they're going to have the uh, the closer for this whole show. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to say it. I'm going to pick Liv. I, I think she's going to continue to show how extreme she can be ronda obviously you know she comes from ufc they're obviously a little bit more extreme than wwe superstars which is uh fine uh but i feel like Liv's gonna have her moment solidify her title reign and then they can move on and that's great uh i'm like I said, uh throughout this whole podcast, I'm very excited for this show tonight. Uh I can't can't wait to live tweet it with you guys. We're still on that road to 10k. We're a little over 500 away. Oh, I think it would be great. I can't wait for it. Uh but guys, if you don't already please follow us on Twitter at above the ring. Like I said, we're on our road to uh, to 10,000 followers. It's just insane. I love it so much. Thank you guys so much for following us. If you don't, and you want to follow us on other platforms, you can as well. You can find us on Facebook at Shivit Above the Ring. You can find us on Instagram as underscore Above the Ring and on YouTube as Above the Ring. You can find myself pretty much everywhere as Scotty J Stream. You can find this podcast on basically every podcasting platform that's out there. If we're not a one that you listen to, let us know. We'll add ourselves to it. Or you can do all your one-stop podcast shopping and add a little bedlam to your day from Above the Ring. Again, my name is Scott. I am the man behind the Twitter of Above the Ring. Looking forward to Extreme Rules tonight. This has been your SmackDown study and pick show for Extreme Rules, a premium live event, which will be starting at 7 p.m. for the kickoff show, Eastern Standard Time. Guys, thank you so much for listening, as always. Most importantly, though, do not forget to ship it and join the Bedlam. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason, and this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, 
we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.